I'm sure your daddy told you the same thing that mine told me. Just like religion and politics, you don't ask a man what he makes. I wouldn't know. My pappy died when I was born. Cholera got him in 1877. Yeah, well, I'm so... Did you say 1877? I did. Yeah, well, Ray, that makes you about 109 years old, buddy. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the card, uh, which I, we had fun with that that talk. Um, and then we got paranoid about our own um, finances. Um, so yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Like I was uh, the day like so I, when I posted the episode on on Friday. Um, I got a weird charge on my bank account and I'm like, son of a bitch. And I had to call my bank and I'm just like, here, what, what's going on? Like I was terrified and they're like, you know, um, I, it turned out, it turned out I actually had a second card that was issued in the, like in the spring that I never got, which I think cause I was supposed to get a replacement card and whatever happened. And somehow some, some internet thing got a hold of that number and was charging, uh, Hulu to it. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So um, I almost had a the card situation with the phantom buyer, uh, so I was uh, I was terrified for a second, but yeah, it's all you, okay. You, you did do a head count of all your cats, right? Uh, yeah, all five of them, <laughs> uh, four of them, I think. No, it's just uh, well, now it's four. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, one of them might make me mad, so I'll go out and pr- I'll go spend some money and make one of them disappear. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. But anyway, everybody, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Strange Highways. This is the anthology-based podcast where we mainly talk about the Twilight Zone. Uh, we've covered the original series, um, and we're into the 80s edition right now as well, which I got—I got, forgot to mention to you, Terry. Uh, uh, just a couple of days ago, we hit our two-year anniversary of talking about the 80s iteration of this show, and somehow it feels shorter and also extremely longer than that at the same time. I, yeah, it, I guess that's a way to describe it. Like, <laughs> it, it does feel like I, you know, we've been spinning our wheels for a little bit, but I mean, there is progress. We have made progress. We've, no, I mean, yeah, one um, complete season done, and <laughs> yeah, we're we're uh, barreling towards the end here. We have uh, this one, and then uh, the, so yeah, the next the next two episodes are going to be weird because they're the last of the short segments that we've, we've talked about, you know, how like they were breaking them up and like doing like maybe like a 12 minute story here and a 12 minute story there amongst the hour longs. Um, this one, we'll we'll talk about when we get there, but it's going to be the last of the actual ones where, you know, that, um, that the half hour is going to be two separate stories. So yeah, but then we're going to be almost into the second season. That's neither here nor there, but this one kind of flew by compared to the, the 300 segments that we covered in the first season. So um, that, so that's, that's, that's bittersweet because you're like, yay, another season done. But anyway, 
um, I'm rambling. Uh, so let's just get into it here. Uh, this is The Junction, Season 2, Episode 9. Uh, air date was the same date as the card, so that is February 21st, 1987. We talked about day and date stuff last episode. Go back and check that out. Uh, so let's get into who did what here uh, with The Junction. Okay, so our director on this one is uh, somebody who is new to our discussions here about The Twilight Zone. It's uh, so Mr. Bill Duke. Um, so he, he worked on shows like Knott's Landing, and found good crest. So lots of TV work, but he also did some movies. So he did sister act two. And he, I think uh, for, at least for me in my taste, um, I recognize him a lot more from action films. He's an actor as well. A very familiar guy, but he was in commando. He was also in predator and he is still kind of acting these days too. He was more recently in Mandy. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a little older, um, so that's that's slowing him down. However, you mentioned uh, Knott's Landing. Here, this is, I, I did not realize the, the the multitudes that Bill Duke contained, which again, I mean, we love him in uh, Predator. I mean, anybody that that is like somehow dry shaving and, you know, in the heat of the, it's just, ugh, it's, it's just unnerving, right? <laughs> like whatever. Anyway, uh, so 63 Dragon Credits, uh, he, uh, a film he uh, directed, what was it um, called? A Rage in Harlem was nominated for the Palme d'Or in the early 80s. So, you know, right? Like doing good work, right? Um, and he was accidentally, sec- he secured that directing job on Knott's Landing due to a secretarial or clerical error. Um, at the AFI Conservatory. Uh, however, the producers were pleased with his work. He would just kept on eventually directing 10 episodes of the show. Um, so it was because of a mistake that he got the job on Knott's Landing, but they liked his work. So like, please keep directing. Um, this made him one of the first four black television directors. Uh, and then he went on to direct episodes of, uh, we mentioned, what was it? Um, Knott's Landing. Uh, what was it? Also, Falcon uh, Crest. And I think also uh, Dallas as well. So like, you know, for you, like if I would have told you before you did your research, Hey, did you know Bill Duke actually had a, a bit of a career directing soap opera episodes? You'd be like bullshit. You know, I think that's what, you know, you'd be you're like the guy from predator. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he directed soap opera episodes. Granted there's, there was two, um, you know, former governors in that, that movie as well. But you know, but which of those three things would you have believed was true at one point? I, 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 either one of them sounds really unbelievable. So, uh, I, I had no clue that this, the, this guy was a director and I just, I, I, I think he, uh, he's, I wish we had more to discuss about him. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, there, they, there's a lot in his work, but like in terms of like, yeah, I just, I was surprised at like what I found. Uh, and also just for those that, uh, that watched Battlestar Galactica, like the, the newer one, he was in an episode called black market. And unfortunately that is the single worst episode of that series. And that's a bummer. Cause I like, I like him, but it was like, you, you ever hit like a speed bump in a TV series? You're like, you know, this is pretty good. Pretty good. What the hell was that hour of television? Can we just please move on? That was yeah. that hour of television, right? It was just, whew, that it was like you hit like a speed bump and you almost like completely crashed the car. You know, it was just bad. So anyway, Bill Duke. Yeah. So uh, next year we will talk about our writer. Uh, so Virginia Aldridge, or Aldridge, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did episodes of uh, shows like Knight Rider and Beauty and the Beast. Um, she also acted as well. Um, she was in uh, two uh, two episodes of uh Alfred Hitchcock hour. So yeah. yeah. And then one, uh, one for the original star Trek series too. So that's cool. 
Yeah, so then we'll get into our cast here. So William Allen Young is our, our lead here. He plays John Parker. Uh, he was in the Sylvester Stallone film, Lockup. Uh, it's a, if, if no one's ever seen that, I love I've seen I Lockup, love yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I love yeah. movies about prison scenarios <laughs> and that, so I think that one's fun. Um, Terry has um, extensive notes just one day. If everything catches up to him, he knows what he's going to do when he gets in. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, and, that, that's, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's befriend a guy that has a piano that can get you out of there. No. Uh, so uh, <laughs> he was also in uh, District 9. Mm-hmm. And then a really, really good Emilio Espes film uh, that was also directed by Emilio Espes called Wisdom. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, William Allen Young is credited with helping to diversify the ranks of writers, actors, directors, and producers in Hollywood uh, through the landmark 2000 uh, TV network agreement, which he helped broker while serving as a former co-chair of the African-American Steering Committee of the Directors Guild of America. So again, another person that's actually been helped to bring more voices and diversity to uh, these roles. So like for opportunities to make more like behind the, the, the camera as well. And he was also in a made for TV movie, 1983 called the day after. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that movie or not. Uh, it is a movie that's dealing with the effects of like, you know, um, like nukes dropping in America. Like, you know, it is the day after what happens when the U S and Russia go after each other. Uh, it is a very harrowing movie, especially made for TV. It, um, it, it took some swings and I remember watching it in like high school, like they, they showed in class and it was, uh, very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen that and I'll, I'll put that on my list. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. I mean, if you just, if you want a feel good movie, yeah, go for that. Oh yeah. yeah. Always looking for a good feel movie, a good feel Good, good feel good a, movie a good like feel that. movie like a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, a, a, a good feel movie is a different kind of movie than that like uh, <laughs> uh anyway yeah um uplifting um <laughs> <laughs> but next here we have uh kind of a familiar guy he's he's been in uh 262 credits we have chris uh mulkey mulkey yeah he plays ray uh dobson in this i i, I mean he's definitely got like the he's the dude that you've seen in something, but you just probably didn't know who he was. So he's that guy kind of actor still acting. He was in first blood. He was in 48 hours and he was also in Cloverfield. So yeah, it's, he's, he's all over the place. Man. Yeah. Uh, it just like, it was one of those things. It's like, you, he's like, you know, that face from that thing. Right. And, uh, he was recently, I think in the revival, like the, the continuation of twin peaks, uh, in the hidden, which is a fun, uh, sci-fi film from the eighties that, uh, I talked about recently on Invasion, the podcast, uh, but yeah, he's just one of those guys that once you see him, you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy, right? It's just, uh, uh, unfortunately, he's part of that big raft of actors and actresses that are like, oh, I, I know the face. I may not know the name, but very recognizable. Yeah. And I, I think we, our next actor here is kind of one of those dudes too. I've yes. seen him in a bunch of stuff, but John Dennis uh, Johnston, uh, he was uh, Charlie in this, but he was also in the Twilight Zone, the movie that we've already covered. Um, he was one of the paramedic drivers in the end of the film, but he was also in close encounter, close encounters of the third kind. And he was also in pale rider. Um, yeah. And also he was in one of our favorite films that we talked about recently, which was uh, kiss meets the fam of the park. We talked about that on invasion. <laughs> he was chopper. Oh, yeah. uh, and that, then that cinematic masterpiece. I like that. Uh, somehow we've gotten to, uh, you know, was it uh, Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park? But the day after is a film. That's the one that people haven't gotten to. You know, <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, Chopper. Uh, our priorities but, are not really aligned no. in the right ways. Um, yeah. but- <laughs> you know, we're like, you know what? 
Um, like the advent of like if bombs drop, you know, that would never happen. But if Kiss has to go fight like a guy with like controlling rides and shit at a park, that that could be real, right? So we wanted to be ready for that. Yeah. So, but yeah, next we have uh, Michael Aldridge. Um, I, I, is this like this guy related to the other to, the, to our director or a writer here? Um, um, no, it's, a di- it's spelled differently. Uh, yeah, it's it's like slightly different. I'm like, yeah. I, I was just like seeing that now. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, so he his, his has two L's. Uh, she has one L. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he plays uh, Schmidt in this. Uh, he was uh, he was in an episode that we've covered in the past, um, more recently too. Um, the Little People of Kalenny uh, Woods. Yeah. So there's that. So uh, by and, default, you're saying this is the better segment, is what you're saying. No matter yeah, what we get right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and, and briefly, he was also in the Entity in Scarface. I'm not sure if we've ever if we went that far into his career, but but yeah. Next we have uh, William. Frank father. <laughs> that feels like such a fake name. Um, <laughs> I always, I keep on like trying to convince myself, like don't say Frankfurter. Don't say Frankfurter. But yeah, so we have William Frank father here. Uh, he plays Reverend Bailey. He was in the remake of invaders uh, from Mars. Uh, he was also in Harry and the Hendersons and a really ridiculous uh, animated film called cool world from 1992, which is, absolutely outrageous yeah uh, i also have using the rocketeer death becomes her uh he was an episode of phrase nightmares and also an episode from tales from the crypt there we go so yeah next we have uh tanya boyd she plays melissa parker um she was in 650 episodes of days of our lives wow yeah um, that's that's her main thing but she's also did some black exploitation films like black heat and black shampoo um so that just you know i think I would have guessed that like, um, because we talked about like some of the history of the people that were bringing in like different voices and everything. I am sure that this is also something that was important to, to make sure that these people also were able to still get work. Not, not how do I want to phrase this? That's a very specific tight genre that had a narrow, that had a narrow appeal for a bit. Right. And, and then, you know, we got Bill Duke directing this. We have everything, you know, like I, I'm sure Bill Duke was aware of her and was like, yeah, let's get her in here. You know? Well, it's something that probably helped her career quite a bit too, is she was in the mini series of Roots as there well. There you go. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that was a good takeoff spot for a lot of different actors at that time. So yeah, next here we have uh, James Lashy. Yeah. So it plays Bobby. Um, he was in an episode of uh, Twilight Zone that we covered, Dead Run. Mm-hmm. Um, next is John Walcott. Uh, plays Les. He was in Titanic. He was also in Sea Biscuit. Um, he was he was the horse actually uh no uh, a lot of tv work the like, the one thing that, catch, that caught me off guard here was that he was in a segment of the first vhs film uh 10 that was like a, i think he's playing a cult leader which i've only seen like two of those films um but i know like that's kind of been this like uh series that has kind of uh gotten legs and people have been excited for the the you know, the, the whatever coming volumes next yeah, I well obviously because of our show and that uh, you can tell that we like uh, anthology based storylines and that. That's I've only seen the first film, the very first one. I need to get back to that because I do hear that some of those segments are really really fun. Yeah, and I also and I can verify some of them are complete dog shit. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean like I don't know when we maybe we get closer to to Halloween, uh, we can maybe like I, I have no problem covering like a VHS film on here whatsoever yeah. if you want to do that well it comes with the territory i mean we're about to discuss something here that had bad segments so 
but yeah, next. You mean uh, you mean eighties Twilight Zone? I'm kidding. No, no. no. <laughs> we have, we have Ann Doran here. Ann Doran was uh, Mrs. Clark in this. She was in them, but she was in a film that we covered not too long ago called Dead of Night. Oh, not all of those segments were good. <laughs> good catch. I did not realize that doing my notes. Okay, all right. Uh, it's a long career too. She was the older lady in this um, this segment, and she really, really long co- career. She started in, like acting in 1922, I think it was. Was she the little oh. monster guy at the end of the third segment? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, it, we have uh, <laughs> we have Joe Unger next here. He was first responder. He was in Christine. He was also in Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Three. Yeah, so. and uh, Roadhouse. So there you go. Yeah, Roadhouse. Like, just, I just recently watched it again. Love I see. I, I am overdue for a watching of Roadhouse. I feel like um, my my uh, my manliness has dropped significantly. So I feel like I need to rewatch Roadhouse to feel manly. It's like yeah, again. it's like a recharge station. You know, like if you're like Samus, you go up to the recharge station. Yeah, that's what Roadhouse is. Yeah, I just I like you hear those commercials on the radio. It's like, are you suffering from low T? Like whatever. Like, it's like. <laughs> And they're like, we have this thing for you. Watch Roadhouse, you know? (laughs) And then again, pain won't hurt, you know? Like, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Next here, uh, we have uh, Karen Landridge, or Landry? Landry, I'm sorry. And she plays Sarah Dobson in this. Um, She was in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, and she was in a little bit of uh, Six Feet Under. Yeah, she was married to Chris Mulkey. Uh, she, She passed away. Um not too long ago. I mean, relatively speaking. So that's, right. yeah. Um, I, I just want, let me go. I want to rewind back to Joe Unger. Um, I like that in his credits says escape from New York deleted scene. So I'm guessing it's dealing with the initial heist that they filmed and then they didn't show in the movie. Um, then also a film that I think you might be familiar with 1995 night at the scarecrow. But anyway, uh, I don't want to step on Karen Landry, but I, I think she was married to Chris Mulkey at the time, which makes sense yeah. because they're, you know, they're playing a married couple on this. So, yeah. So uh, next here we have uh, Diane uh, Pat- Patton. Uh, she plays woman. Uh, some episodes of Knots Landing. So there's a little tie back there. Uh, then we have Bobby uh, Hosey. Hosea, Hosey? I think. Yeah. Uh, plays a stretcher bearer. Uh, he was in Independence Day. And then we have, uh, to finish it off, we have Christopher Creasa. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, second uh, rescuer. He was in Shocker. Yeah, and then also, uh, I know there's a lot of people that dig this show that I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on. And he's been in two episodes of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. So he's still out there working. Uh, I, Terry, I know you, and I know your sense of humor. I don't think you'd like this show. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of a hard sell on a lot of comedy, so yeah, yeah uh, that's, how, that's how it goes. Tim Robinson's a really, he is a really weird style. That I'll just let's put it this way: if it only works for me, sometime it would probably work for you none of the time. How about that? Do you think that do you think that's <laughs> well, fair? Do I, th- I think I think you and I have I think I have a pretty good peg on on your sense of humor, because uh, um, uh, you're fifty fifty laughing at my jokes, so I get it. I understand. Well, I mean, we have been friends for quite a while now. I, I think at this point you we, should kind of understand we, yeah, me a little we, bit we more. Actively avoid comedy and politics when we hang out. Like I get it. It's fine. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have different sensibilities. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, that's, that's our, that's our cast. Um, let's just get into the, the junction here. I just want to mention, uh, right from the jump. I hate 
the 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 music in this series has been very um the scoring has really you know chewed me up more often than not and i understand it was a choice it was of a time i hate this old timey you know uh just cuz you're confused is is this story set in the modern day is it not um i hate this music this whole old timey like welcome to cracker barrel music that plays in the beginning of this so much I was really confused by it because, I mean, I think that they've used this exact same song, like the opening uh, track, mm-hmm. for other like old timey episodes that we've already covered. But what was the one, the Welcome to Whatever, the you know the old timey town that was stuck in time? I think that was one of them. Uh, that yeah, that one. Yeah. And then I I feel like the one that we had with the little kid that was telling the story, the storyteller. I think it yeah, was yeah. Which by the way, that one was set in West Virginia too, right? Uh, if I recall this story is set in West Virginia, they don't really outright say it, but I, I figured it out by looking at a couple things. Not that that, not that that matters. It's just, that's where I grew up. And when they kept referencing certain cities and I looked at the stickers on the mining helmets, I'm like, Oh shit, this is set in West Virginia. Why is the music so old? Anyway, continue. Yeah. It really didn't fit the, you know, especially like when we finally get into the story, it's like, why are no one's playing banjos in this time? Like no, no one. I mean, so yeah, yeah, you know, you they're see, listening to flock of seagulls. Like, yeah. Get I mean, you just see John getting kicked out of the house. There's somebody across the way with a banjo and being like, Oh, kicked you out. Huh? John, do I ever just play? You know, like anyway, uh, yeah, let's just but I just, I know it's a nitpick. Um, but it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nit that I really need to pick. So let's, let's move on. Yeah. Yes. So, so we, we find, um, our setting is, uh, the interior of a house. Uh, we see a gentleman sleeping on a couch. Um, and it is, uh, our, our buddy, John, John is being woken up in the morning to his angry wife who is not too happy about some of the choices that he's made recently. <laughs> it sounds to, it sounds to the, the degree that he's probably cheated on his wife. Well, no, um, he, she straight up was like, you slept with her. And he's like, I don't know what I was thinking or whatever. It's like, I know what you were thinking. And then, you, you know, I know what you were thinking right after too, you know? But yeah, he's uh, he's in the process of being kicked out. But she also has a sense of like, you know, I don't need the, like, basically she's like, I don't need the town looking down on me that I booted you out immediately in the morning. Like you, cause he's going to go to go to the diner and have breakfast. She's like, no, you're not. I'm going to make you a proper breakfast. Cause it's basically like, you know, I'm not going to give you anything to hang over my head. Right. That's the vibe I get from, from her. And he was like, and he's like, I'm sorry if I need to beg all the rest of my life. And then she, um, she, uh, gave, she requested the angriest, uh, egg request ever. Right. Like, like, you know, how do you want your damn egg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, um, edible, like without poison. Thank you. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, really like, at that point, I'm starting to wonder, should she make the eggs? Should she make him food? Because like, yeah, a little arsenic in there. It's like, I don't know. Man. I just wish we would have gotten them like brought to him. Like if you've been like, Oh, over easy. And they just come over like scrambled with a cigarette on them. Be like, Oh, thank you. You know, like whatever. You know, <laughs> like, she just comes in and just slams them on the top of his head. Yeah. It's like raw eggs, like, like two eggs over easy. Like, right on you. That would have been amazing, you know, or clonked them with the frying pan and, and drop the eggs on them. When they hit his eyes, yeah. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> and then a bacon smile. And that would have been the greatest episode ever, the Twilight Zone. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have saved it. I yeah, guess. no, but but I feel like you, he, you, you know, I feel like he's not – you get the vibe from him that he's not just trying to say a thing to say a thing, right? I feel like you you get the vibe from him that, that he's genuinely like trying to apologize and she's having none of it. But uh, anyway, so like um he goes on to work. Uh we hear more country music cuz of course we do. Uh and then we find out with his mining crew that they're about to go work their normal job, but is Schmidt Schmidt's the leader, right? Like the 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 whatever the main guy that comes over is like, "Hey, you uh, John and, um, what's the other guy? Uh, uh, Charlie, you guys got to go down to the junction, which is the oldest part of their minds that they're in because there was recently a survey showing that there's potential now because of our technology that we can, um, there's a lot of money to be made still in this like over hundred year old section that no one goes into anymore. And I like that they keep calling it gasification, we, we, you know, I've suffered from gasification. I don't know about you. Um, you know, I've heard those, I've heard those commercials like on real TV. Real medical condition. Yeah. yeah. I've heard those commercials on, on radio. Like, are you suffering from gasification? No. Um, and low T. And low T. Watch Roadhouse. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you a man and it will take care of your gasification. Um, so yeah, that like, so then it's actually like, um, what was it? The four of them are sent down, right? For a minute. And then as they're going down into this really old part of the mine, uh, they, the directions aren't quite clear and they think they may have gotten lost. So two of them split off. So it's Charlie and John, Johnny down there. And then Charlie, like he's aware he makes some kind of sideways comment to Johnny about, uh, like maybe you can make a new life down here. Cause he, cause it's a small town. It's, it's a small mining town. Word travels fast. Right. So it, Charlie knows what's up. Johnny's not happy with it, but Johnny also is like, Something's wrong down here in the hundred year old section of the mine, you know, just putting it out there. Nobody's been down here in forever. You know, maybe we shouldn't make any sudden movements, but you know, Charlie doesn't care. Charlie has a pickaxe. He's going to start whacking at shit. Yeah. Stupid he's just Charlie. Start going off and, you know, d- doing his thing. And I, I find that the, I, I mean, I know that this is supposed to be just like kind of a tighter storyline. I can't imagine they're like, yeah, there's like millions of dollars worth of like, stuff that we could still mine out of here if they sent four dudes down there i mean like they don't have heavy equipment or anything it's just them with some pickaxes and some hand well, tools. i think they're just supposed to be more exploratory because since the university people kind of did a reading i think they're supposed to kind of maybe use the map and mark out like the best way to approach this so i think they were like the basically the scout team right for the mine as opposed to them going in and actually trying to pull out whatever which kind of, you know, because they, they're probably also there to verify if it was safe enough to go. And the answer is no, it's, it wasn't, you know? Like, no, we find out, <laughs> out uh, pretty quick. I mean, like a soft yeah. fart would have probably let that thing go in there. Um, like John, is, Johnny looks down, he's like, what's with all these dead canaries around here? And then Charlie's like, I don't care. And starts swinging, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So it causes a collapse, you know, as you do. I mean, it's Chekhov's mine shaft, right? Like you don't go down in a mine and expect everything to go perfectly okay, right? What what movie has everything went perfectly okay or TV show in which a mine is involved? Uh, well, just the mine itself. I, I uh, <laughs> you got to think of uh, Val- or, uh, my bloody Valentine. Valentine, sure, but it, like it wasn't the mine that was the problem; <laughs> it was the people in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was no, 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 no. But the the rumor was there was it was a cave in right that caused 
the initial um like you know legend right Right. There, right. So something bad happened once. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you that one. Yeah. But I'll give you, oh, you're right. I'll give you points for uh, the actual main story going on in my bloody Valentine. The mind wasn't the issue. It was uh, everybody else. Also like, you know what? Maybe don't celebrate Valentine's day anymore. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so Harry Warden's going to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so pissed. They're going to write a song about you and play it at the end of the movie. Uh, so, uh, but after the collapse, uh, Johnny's like uh, screaming, trying to get people's attention. He ends up hearing somebody else call out for help. And he realizes he's not alone. So then, yeah, this little yeah. cavern that he is, and it's it's a little bit bigger. So he's he goes over and he finds this dude who's like kind of laid out from the uh, injuries that he got from the the cave in as well. Yeah. So then, this becomes this is the whole crux of the episode. We end up uh, with Charlie. And this other gentleman who will eventually find out his name's Ray, Ray Dobson. And, um, but things, but like Ray and Johnny, um, you know, I, I don't know if the directions in the script were make sure you yell at each other as lot, like as much as possible. This gets very shouty very quickly. And I'm not saying that people wouldn't panic in situations like this, but it made it really hard to, to want to care about either character there for a minute. Yeah, we immediately have like a an odd couple kind of scenario where it's like, you know, uh, the gentleman on the ground, Ray, he's already like, "Don't touch me!" Like, don't like, <laughs> or turn that damn lamp off! Oh, you're gonna you're gonna make this place explode! Yeah, because 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 Johnny has a miner's helmet, like a modern day miner's helmet with like like you know a light, like an actual lamp on it, like a uh, a battery powered lamp. And, uh, yeah. And Ray thinks it's like, you know, double magic or something. I don't know, but he, th- I mean, he thinks it's a flame powered, you know, uh, helmet. Right. So he's like, it's going to explode. I love the bit, whatever Johnny's trying to try to, to set, uh, Ray's leg because it's broken. And then, uh, Ray just turns off the helmet. <laughs> like, I like that. He's like, what are you doing? I like the fact that like, uh, Ray doesn't understand anything that's going on with technology, but somehow he finds the off button on this mining helmet. Yeah. He's, he's, he's putzing around with it. And of course turns it off and that. And it's like, so we're already trying to, we're already starting to figure out here that Ray is not somebody who really understands the technology of the helmet. It perhaps doesn't really know the way of the world a little bit. Or, or Johnny's wristwatch or, you know, whatever. Right. And then yeah, or the fact the technology that, is a strange thing to him or the fact that we should still mention at that point yeah. isn't that far fetched because I mean, you could still go to like somewhat of rural areas and they'd be like, well, what the hell is that? You know, no, that's fair. You're like, it's a book, you know, and they're like, Oh, I don't know what that means anyway. So, um, I'm kidding. I, I I, as from being from West Virginia, I can make that joke. No, like come at me. Uh, so, um, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> Galderna, what's that? It's numbers. Oh God. I don't know about that. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but also too, we should point out that, that Johnny is, um, an African American. And it's the only reason I mentioned that is because it's important because of Ray's, uh, um, disposition and interactions because Ray is, is a Caucasian American. So of course we have to go there. Right. So, um, yeah, because that also makes me wonder why Ray was like, don't touch me. Like, I think he was in like, you just shock, right. Um, of seeing somebody look like Johnny down the mines with him. But, but, see, know. here's the thing too. I, it's a coal mine. 
you get so dirty down there. You can't really even tell what uh, color anybody well, that's, is. You know? I mean, that's absolutely fair too. But also it's like, um, you know, how, how do I, how do I state this? Um, this sounds like I'm going to say something utterly terrible, but, um, mining jobs in general, uh, in, in that part of the state, well, in, in the state of West Virginia going up until it would be probably even today, like there, there's still this weird, like, it's like most people that are doing these jobs are not in a position of, of wealth to not do those jobs. So you're going to take the job that pays you the most money because you got to take care of your family. Uh, that, that, that does not matter about skin color. Right. However, with that being said, um, there are, there has been historically situations where people have been working these mines that are basically in the shit together, but still people are like, yeah, but at least I'm not this guy. And so how there would still even be this racism where they're all stuck in these like, you know, dangerous jobs, dying at the same rate it may be well even higher with people of color because like you know uh the people that run these mines are like well you know what they're more expendable you know f them right so it's weird still to be like oh i i, I just it's you would think that like we're all in this together yeah but you don't look like me so we're not right like it's still give give people an inch to find a reason to not trust somebody and they'll find it um, yeah right but we haven't even. Or, like, sorry, supposedly, out. supposedly, not trust somebody. I'm not saying like you know, automatically don't trust them. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Terry. Please. I, I, no, and, yeah. and 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 you know, it, it seems at this point, black, white, you know, whatever the difference is, he, uh, John is already like trying to uh, reassure Ray. Look, I'm going to help you. All you need to do is just like give me a second and just hold the hold the lamp. So it's like if Ray's a racist or whatever, he, he knows that if the dude, if anybody's going to help me, it's going to be this guy right here. So I may as well trust him a little bit. And, uh, even though he has fancy gadgets, fancy um, gadgets. Yeah. You got like, I wouldn't have been better if his wristwatch was one of those ones that you could pop off and it was like a little transformer. Do you remember that one? You could do that. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been sweet. You'd have been like, what in tarnation? What is this robot doing on your wrist? You know, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so he, and they get into discussing, like, the price of the helmet. He's like, I've never seen a, a lamp like this before. He's like, well, you can go to any hardware store and get one for like 350 bucks. He's like, $350. He's like, that's like three months pay. No, for he me. said $150. Oh, $150. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I know. Well, you're adjusting for inflation. I get it, but I'm just yeah. saying. Well, like, yeah, you know. I guess that would probably be $350 <laughs> now. But oh, no, it'd be more than that. It's like, you know, it'd be like a house payment to get a, like a fancy headlamp. Right. Uh, but yeah, but like uh, Ray's like, what? That's three months pay. And then Johnny's like three months pay. He's like, basically he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it tells him like you gotta you better talk to your union rep. Yeah, he's like, union reps. He's like, what are you talking about unions? You know? No, he's like, like any members of unions are dead down here. Meaning like, th- like that's also speaking like for the time, right? Like there's, it, well, we we find out that because I played the clip at the beginning that um, Ray uh, was here in a mine collapse on um, September sixteenth, nineteen twelve. That's what we figure out. Um, or that's what Ray tells Johnny or Johnny kind of does the math and figures it out. Um, because Johnny's in what? 86, 
when this is going on. Right. And, and, and so like, that's where we're getting this, but then, but then they keep hitting these beats over and over again of like, where they pull out the money and they compare money. And he's like, what, like, 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 um, and then when Ray pulls out a silver certificate and then he's like, well, what do you call this? And Johnny's like, I call that counterfeit. It's like, guys, you're both stuck. Like you guys can fight over colored paper later, right? Like, you know, whatever the money color is and whatever it is, right. You can, you can argue over that. Um, but yeah, so we find, so then, but Johnny's also in this position where it's like, yeah, he, you know, obviously wants to live, but also you get this, like he has this like guilt complex of what's cause he feels like he deserves what's happening. But besides that we cut to, which I wasn't expecting this. I thought this was all going to stay in the mine with them the entire episode. Right. Um, but we cut to the church where we get, uh, the Reverend trying to go about his business. And, um, was it Dottie is giving him grief about a letter that he didn't deliver. That was supposed to be delivered yesterday to Melissa, Johnny's wife. Um, the letter has been there since 1912. And then I, I, then I stopped what I was doing and looked at my robot wristwatch. And I was like, wait a second. I've seen back to the future part two and three. I know what's going on now. Like, like it's, it's the end of back to the future part two. Did you immediately like think of that when you were watching this? I, I did with the, 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 uh, the guy delivers the, the letter. Yeah. At the end of part two. Right. Um, yeah. I, that's exactly it. It made me think of that immediately. That, that actor, I forget his name, but that's the same guy that was in, uh, what was it? Happy Gilmore. It's like jackass. Like he just kept yelling <laughs> at, uh, at Adam Sandler. Right. He was the one that was delivering the letter at the end of that movie. Um, so yeah, that's, I saw this and I was like, man, did like Zemeckis and company watch this and be like, I have an idea to how we can get through back to the future part two and three. Um, so yeah, this letter was dated from 1912. It was supposed to be delivered the day before Dottie gives the reverend enough grief. that he's going to go do it. Um, cause she also is like, you know, somebody trusted the church to do this. And because since the church never breaks its promises, the, the reverend's like, I'll go do this. But he's like, why? Like, it's a day late. What's the big deal, right? Uh, also, too, I like that it's been here for seventy years. What's one more day? I also like that. um, You know, Dottie points out he's like, there wasn't a what was it? Um, uh, what was a Melissa Parker until a couple years ago? Meaning, like, no one knew what this letter, who this letter was supposed to go to, until Dottie put two and two together and was like, well, John and Melissa got married. She's now a Parker. It must be for her. Right. And again, it's a small town. It isn't like there's going to be, you know, five different Melissa Parkers wandering around. So the reverend imagine, I, yeah. I just think that's a really fascinating way to put this together. But just, could you imagine being the people that work at the church and you're like, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden the pieces fit and you're like, Whoa, like that. I just, that would be so like fascinating to me. It would be right. Because it's like, it'd be one of those few, like few examples of like, um, like faith, Right. Like where mm-hmm. it's like seeing like faith exist, where it's like the people that brought the, that, that took this letter in, um, know that with the time frame talked about, they likely wouldn't be around to see it being delivered, which wouldn't that have been amazing though. If we, like if the story maybe would have been Dottie being like a little girl or like maybe the daughter of Ray and she's like in her nineties and she's like, you know, I was told to make sure this got delivered. You f- like, you know, like, you know, you pull that Titanic shit, right? Like with, um, you know, it's been 1000 years or whatever she said with the heart of the ocean in that movie. Um, you know, I think that would have been a little bit more interesting, but then there'd still been like that tangible believability of her see- like knowing what happened, but also like, 
if there's people that are like now existing after the fact and actually know nobody associated with the letter, that would be this kind of like, like crazy evidence of faith. Right. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's cool. And then the, yeah, the idea that it's being left with a church, they're the people that are like, if miracles can even possibly happen, we may yeah. as well give it to the church and see if, see if this is at, at all possible. I'm just glad that wasn't addressed to like a Jane Smith or something. You'd be like, Oh no, you know, like, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so while, while, while the Reverend and Dottie are about to go among about their business, there's a, a, a siren that sounds at the local mine. And that's something that makes sense to me where it's like, again, this is, this is a community that is majority miners and mining families. So the moment they like, you see everybody run out of their houses and they're like, shit, something happened, which that you, you could just, you get the vibe of like, everyone knows the sound. No one ever wants to hear it. Cause that means something bad happened to somebody they possibly know and care about. Yeah. Like a, you know, tornado siren kind of thing. So it's like alerting the entire town. Like, Oh no, shit just happened in the mine, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's an interesting way to pose like how you would tell the town because like, I guess it would be small enough that you could get like paramedics and all that there. Just like throw the siren on, get them over, get their asses over there as quickly as possible. Well, but you also you got to imagine here. the, the a mine like this is also a 24 hour operation, right? So meaning that when this goes out, you're going to get everybody there. It's all hands on deck. Right. right. Like, um, like my family, uh, it was all coal mining adjacent. Um, like my grandfather on my mother's side was a coal truck driver. Uh, and then on my father's side, a majority of my father and his brothers work the railroad. Right. So meaning that they hauled coal, but like those were also 24 hour a day jobs. Right. So then anytime there was a train derailment, didn't matter. My dad got called in. Um, fun fact, they didn't let him do any of the stuff there. They just made him the cook because they didn't trust him to do anything else, which I think is funny. Uh, uh, and that was by his own admission. He's like, all I knew was how to make scrambled eggs. And like, so, you know, how the hell you want your eggs scrambled? That's it. You know, that was my dad. Uh, so I don't know why he would admit that he wasn't like Johnny on the spot helping with the derailments. But, but also, you know what? That sounds like me. I'd be like, who wants tacos? Like, that would be me at a derailment. I'd be like, I don't know. Like, you know. People uh, gotta eat still. <laughs> this this train isn't gonna lift itself on an empty stomach, you know. Like, <laughs> who wants hot pockets? I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, like I can, I think that's what that is, and also I think that's also like the the community itself, where it's like you're gonna want everybody aware because, like, what if somebody's not coming home? You're gonna want that community to be there for that person, right? And I think that's something that, um, you know. It's just, there, there are some layers here that I was thinking about that maybe other people wouldn't just because of my, I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm familiar, but I'm aware of how about that? Right. Yeah. So anyway, so, yes. So, well, yeah, we go back to the mine and we get, we get the conversations between Ray and John again, and they're talking about how they can try to get out and, you know, what the outside might be trying to do to help them. And um, then they start talking about their families, and that's when we get like more of the like the little nuances between uh, Ray and his wife, and then uh, was it Brian? I'm sorry, <laughs> trying try to remember John, John and his wife. No, I just, but also I just want to point out though, there's the bit where um, where Ray makes a very distinct comment about uh, uh, John's race, 
And he's like, oh, they let they let you down the mine. And uh, like the dry is like, yeah, like we're all over the place. Me, they, like they, it's like it's it's like it's eighty six. Calm down, dude. Like I thought that was like I, it was just funny how like they kind of like and then how how Ray's like, all right, I guess I guess we're here now. Like for him being like probably a casual racist, he got over it pretty quickly. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But yeah, they start talking about their wives. Also. The story that Ray tells about how he was dating um, someone who was a twin and then how when he was going to propose to the one that he thought he was proposing to, the twin stepped in and got the proposal. Um, is that like a, that sounds like some like um, Mori Povich level shit going on there. Yeah, I, I have. A... <laughs> oh, yeah, so... you're right. That's right. Wait, I'm sorry. You're married to a twin. I have, yeah. So to peel back the curtain a little bit, um, I my wife has an identical twin sister. So, so are you sure who you married? That's what I'm asking. I'm, I, I am I am a hundred percent positive. Nah, um, I don't know, but I don't know. I've met the I've met the both of them. But talking to their mother, there is a possibility that their their names weren't their right names when they were born. <laughs> because <laughs> there was a bit of confusion on which one was named oh. what and the other was named the other name <laughs> i just i just saw a picture today when i was scrolling through the internet where it was um a uh was a a mother asked her like, like sorry a wife asked her husband to go get um their like was it their like one-year-old or not even one-year-old like twins haircuts and she told him like make sure they're distinct so you could tell them apart. And the image was this guy pushing a stroller where the haircuts, one was cut the number one on the top of their head. No one was cut number two. Like <laughs> it, it was like a Mohawk and then like a curvy Mohawk. And I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought like, did you get like, did you get like cold sweats whenever he's telling the story about how like the twins switched on the night of the proposal? Like, did you have, <laughs> no, no. did you have it's panic? Been, it's never been a concern of mine. It's a, but it, it, it is funny. Cause I, I do uh, run into a lot of those conversations where it's like, Oh my God, have you ever gotten them confused for one of the, the others? I'm like, no, dude, it's really not that big of a, like, it's not, it's not that kind of deal. You just, you just check the heel of their left foot and you can see which side of the crest they have tattooed on. It's fine. No, um, no, but I'll just be honest until we start recording. I just, for the love of God, I didn't even put that together until we started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just totally forgot that one, huh? <laughs> no, it's not, no, no. I, I'm aware of your wife and her sister. I just didn't realize. I'm just like, that is sinister. I'm like, and so credit, credit to me for not assuming that your wife and her sister would do that to you. Let us put it that way. But yeah, that was a messed up story anyway. So, uh, but, but then, I like how, like, um, we get, if we get John asking, so, so which one is this? He's like, that's what he's like. Well, of course it's, you know, uh, whatever the hell is John's Sarah, but, the one he, Sarah. the one actually he proposed to. Yeah. He's like, well, it's Sarah, of course. And it's like, well, how the hell is John going to know that? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also at the same time, it's like, wait, wait. So you put the work in the relationship, the foundation with the other one. And it's like, you just happen to be like, like, well, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It's like, it's like going to the car lot. You're like, well, it's, I don't know. It's the same car. Like, I don't, it just, that, that is, that is messed up to me anyway. Um, so, so yeah, but then Johnny shows a photo of, um, was it a Pamela, um, to, to Ray and just the wording here, um, doesn't sit well with me, uh, because it is a color photo, but that's not how Ray says it. 
Um, do you, did you pay attention to that, that wording? Uh, I, yeah, but I guess I didn't focus on it too much. I don't, I don't think it was meant that way, but I'm just like, Oh man, no, he actually says there is color in this picture. And I'm like, God damn it. Really? Like, that's not the, w-. something about that just didn't sit right with me. I'm like, come on, Ray. Uh, the way, the way that later on was referred to as this, 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 uh, this photo is painted or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, good, good on you. The fact that like, you know, he was handed a photo that was not in black and white, but eh, whatever. Anyway, um, just, I was like, come on, Twilight Zone, you could do better than this. Uh, but, um, so yeah, they, so they have like common ground and then like, you know, Johnny also is talking about how he feels guilty. And then, but then Ray remind, like says like, you know, um, basically he says the whole thing of like, Yesterday was yesterday. Today's your chance to do something new. That that mean they say he says it differently, but you know whatever. And then we hear um, uh, what was it? we cut to up up, up top uh, above ground and the letters being delivered right to Melissa. Um, and then she like was like oh like I, there there's two jokes about the Reverend showing up where she's like I don't need you yet, which is like that's kind of funny, but it's also like. Oh God, that's horrible, right? Because he's reaching out to her. <laughs> I, I I don't know if that would be the response of anybody. Like, yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, but then she reads the letter and realizes that it's actually talking about the collapse that's ha- that has happened today. And then, um, at at the, and then it talks about the location of where the 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 um collapse happened. And then we cut to, excuse me, um, I'm full of gasification right now. Um, so, um, we have people like, like digging through and they're like, Oh, we're here. We're here. And they, they pull Ray out. And then he's like, you know, he's trying to like tell him like, Hey, there's another dude here. And they pull Ray out and then everything kind of falls apart. And then Johnny's left there alone. Um, and that's whenever he gets pulled up into the office. Uh, that, so we realize this is 1912 and he's telling his wife, he's like, no, 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 there was another guy down there. He helped me. He helped me. Nobody believes him because he was technically the only, like, according to what they know, he was the only one down there. And so eventually he was like, I don't know what's going on. This is crazy. I'll get out. And he's like, get me a, a pencil and paper. And he also showed the photo to her of Johnny's wife. And that's when she's like, oh, it's painted. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Um, and he's like, I need, let me, I need to write this out. So then, um, eventually, uh, we also go topside. I know I'm flipping this a little bit, but we get, uh, was it uh, Pamela in the office with the foreman? She's like, here's this letter. And then also when the Reverend comes in, I love that the, the was it, um, Schmidt is like, man, you work fast. Like these are jokes that are funny, but in light of the episode, I'm like, these are not jokes I would make. Right. No, like they wouldn't. <laughs> and, and, and like, and you'd have to have some pretty damn good comedic timing to have some of those like work out like the, you know, the, the wife saying, I, I don't need you yet. <laughs> it's like, dude, like that's, that's some comedic timing that I don't even think I have. I, like, I think Schmidt had it pretty good though. He's like, Oh, he works fast. <laughs> Cause he's exasperated. And like, you know, the, uh, the reference already up there. <laughs> like I thought that like, and it plays. Okay. Not great. Right. Um, but uh, but then eventually he's like, yeah, he's like, I can't just pull something whole scale because of this, like, you know, or like, but this be- I can't change operations just because of a letter. And then Pamela's like, you sent them down there. Trust, like, just do this. And it's like, I don't know at this point, like, what else are you going to do? Like, he's, he's talking about basically like, since we don't know this area of the mine, cause as old as it is, it's a needle in a haystack is basically the way he's saying it. You have one piece that shows that. 
like either you're right or you're wrong, or you're going to spend so much time searching wherever and you're still going to be wrong. Right. right. I, so, so yeah, they and, take, then the, yeah. and I have to ask too, have the other dudes made it out? The other three dudes, are they topside or where the hell are they at? at this yeah. Point? They, they, remember they all get pulled out. Okay. Uh, so the, like, sorry. It was, it, yeah. All three of them got pulled out and, but they couldn't cause of, there was some confusion about the location of where they were to begin with. Right. Cause the other two guys left, um, before the collapse. And then the guy they pull out on the stretcher was the, was Charlie, I think. Right. Because it was confusion about what pillar they were on. It was like 11 or 13, whatever mm. it was. But since Ray was down there when the junction was new and fresh, he knew the exact location. And he, and then, then the letter even mentions when that part of the junction was opened. So they were able to backtrack it using the maps. Cause I mean, at this point, if the foreman really wanted to like, investigated a little bit more he could have gotten one of those dudes and been like are you were you even like close to this area like does it, is there any like credence that i can give to this and it's like if they said yeah that sounds about right where we were at then that would be one thing if the, that's, uh, well, like that's blind, fair but i mean like I, if they have like 20 dudes down there trying to dig around to pull any of them yeah is kind of, like that is an operation in itself no you're right and i but i, I think it was handled well enough where it was like there was the initial confusion because the maps are so old, but since Ray would like Ray was like the big wig, like the guy running operations, he would know uh, what the shafts were kind of backwards and forwards, probably for the safety of his men. Right. right. Like, that would make yeah, sense exactly. to me. So, yeah. So then the location that they gave was right. Um, Johnny gets pulled up um, and we get this happy ending of where, you know, he is like thankful to be alive and also, um, you know, uh, it was a Pamela, you know, for now forgives him. She's like, I just want to take you home. And it's like, of course you would. Cause it's like, you know, she loved him. It's just that he made a big mistake and you know, and we'll, we'll here, here's hoping. Right. But at least everything worked out that day. And I, I like that somebody was like, he'll do anything to get a day off. It's like, yeah, that's the stuff we make jokes about after. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Right. After yeah. then I also be like, shut up. Yeah, it's like, just shut up. Like, you know, she'll just kill me with eggs this morning. Calm down. Anyway. So <laughs> like, like what if, what if the girl that he cheated with was there and then she did like, you would just see her off to the side and then Johnny's like, shh, shh it's like it's not important anyway uh so yeah it just this is one of those um it it's a decent little story um and it, you know and when we talk about how sometimes some of this feels like the hallmark uh channel version of the twilight zone that's what this one kind of feels like and i just it feels like it's weird to me because i also understand and i'll talk more about this next episode um the air dates of these episodes got weird i'll talk more about that then but we just got an episode dealing with like two different time frames and kind of like soft redemption, right? With the convicts piano. Right. Um, I was half expecting whenever this collapsed, I just see the, the remains of a piano fall through. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, um, play them out, Johnny, you know, whatever. Uh, so it, it's okay. It's just that other than the stakes of these two people brought together by, you know, the twilight zone or whatever circumstances, um, there's something a little lacking, but it's perfectly okay. Maybe this with a better pass and a higher budget maybe would have fit as like an amazing story versus a twilight zone episode. I guess that's fair. Um, I didn't really find anything wrong with this one. Um, I don't, yeah, it's, it, it, 
it was there. It was, it was a perfectly fine episode. I will, yeah, I will kind of agree with you that if if they would have like sp- spread out the timeline of when we saw the the you know the piano episode, and then this, like put like put a few more episodes or put this in season three, that would be better. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, or if yeah, we would have even gotten more um, of the people working at the mine top side in 1912, and you could have maybe seen some more of the opposing, I don't know. Anyway, it's just, there's something here that I think there's some decent bones. It's just, it's just, it's there and it's okay. And you know what? Okay is just okay. And I'm like, this is, when we get to the end of the season, which will be soon, this is not going to be like my bottom, like three or four. Absolutely. Sometimes okay is better than crap. (laughs) (laughs) Leaps and bounds better than crap. Yeah. So it was fine. It just, it just felt like, I don't, it just, I know I have my nitpicks, but yeah, it was okay. Um, and it's always good to kind of have like, you know, you get two, two good actors, like, you know, working against each other some good character work. I just, the, some of the shoutiness annoyed me, but it was, this was an okay episode, you know, it's, yeah. I wish I, we could have also understood how, how long of a timeline that they were in there because they seem to chum up pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. So I <laughs> also like talking about how it's like, Oh, the air's getting thin. And it's like, Oh, well that was like 10 minutes ago. Like I understand that like, you know, you really got to conserve oxygen. Don't get me wrong, right? But it's like, yeah. woof. All right, I guess. Um, guess we're done now. You know, um, yeah. Shout, shouting took all that air out of there. <laughs> it's more carbon dioxide, right? All that gasification going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. There it is. Gasification. Yeah, it came back around. There we go. So, all right. Any other notes about the junction before we uh, get out of here and talk about things and twists and stuff? And such. No, you, uh, we pretty much mentioned all the stuff that we had for notes. So right. there you go. Let's talk about that twist. Twist rating is always is one through five, meaning one we saw coming from a mile away, and five meaning you know it was mind blowing. Um, yeah, uh, the moment uh, we got uh, Ray like looking at all the the doodads and gadgets, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's you know, it, it's a junction in time that, you know, it's, it's a connecting point. It's, it's a way through. I'm going to give that a one, not, this wasn't a bad episode. It's just that once you got to them talking to each other, you're like, okay, I see what's going on here. And there was n- other than if there had been a twist of Ray getting out there and being like, I don't know who, like there was nobody down there with me. You know, <laughs> like that would have been horrific. Right. Um, but the, this, this iteration of the twilight zone can cut deep and get mean, but this would have been unnecessarily mean if had they went that way. So I'm okay with where it went. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a one as well. It wasn't very surprising in it's delivery or anything like that, but that's still, still a decent episode. Um, you know, like Paul always says, uh, you know, that rating system that we do is not, you know, if we liked it or didn't like it or whatever, it's not, how good the episode is. It's just the factor of how surprising the, the plot line was. In that. Like what if, what if like, because the letter got delivered a day late, like Johnny died and then everybody looked at the reverend. He's like, Oh, <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> that, that's the super cut that we watch. <laughs> we make later. Oh, it's just, we just cut to them just like lying in like the bottom of the mind, like not talking. 
and then eventually nobody comes up and that's it. You know, anyway. Uh, and then was it Dottie just uh, beats the Reverend with a cane to death or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Lazy bastard. Yeah. He's like, you had one job, you know, like, you know, just, <laughs> so that's going to do our discussion about the junction. Uh, you all can find us on Facebook at strange highways. Um, I was telling Terry before we started recording, um, I don't have any images from this episode because the majority of it was like so dark. It was almost to the equivalent of like an Acme cartoon of when the lights go out and all you see is like the eyeballs. That's what it felt like some of the times watching this. And I think part of it is because the transfer from film to, to video to DVD has ruined some of this. I'm sure when it was originally shot, I'm sure it was probably okay. And it's okay to watch, but like, Taking screen grabs was um, a non-starter, so I do apologize. And then also, I'll tell you, Terry, I went to go look up like maybe some uh, minor, like as an M I N E R, uh, like you know memes. Um, not great. That was a weird rabbit hole I went down. It got um, it got, it got <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that being very fruitful. It got super political and like a lot of ways I wasn't comfortable with. You guys can all take that where you know where I'm saying that, but I was like, I'm not going to post any of this. I don't know. You know. Like I thought there might be a couple little jokes. Nope. About that. So yeah. Uh, me, I'll, maybe I'll try to find something to post and like, who knows? I'll maybe I'll post just a bunch of series of wristwatches that could become robots. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, you can also find us or you can email us directly at strange highways at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Um, if you enjoy the conversation, let more people know. This has been um, a interesting ride. Uh, good, bad, otherwise. Uh, Terry, I'm always thankful that you've been along with us uh, two years into this iteration um, of, of the Twilight Zone. Uh, clearly, you have to be my friend because if you if you were not, I think you would have walked away from me a long time ago watching these episodes. So I do appreciate that. So yeah, otherwise people like this, share it and Terry, where can people find us outside of that? Well, I, I love that you always uh, rebuttal it with, uh, it's only because I love you after every episode. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I will be here for you. Uh, I stand by my man. Um, but yeah, like you can get, you guys can follow us on uh, Instagram as well. So we're still uh, posting stuff over there. Um, it's been, it's kind of been a, a, a journey sometimes to really find something that's worth posting and the holidays just happened. So we're still trying to catch up a little bit here and, uh, you know, reach out to us. Um, I had a friend, uh, of the show, a listener of the show who listens religiously, um, thank us for, uh, recommending Treevenge. He watched Treevenge. So. <laughs> I saw, well, okay. So I saw this person on uh, social media, they, 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 they show that they watch it. They wrote, they wrote, what the hell did I just watch? I wanted to write <laughs> something that's quite amazing. So, um, you're welcome. Uh, let's put that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So if you guys want to reach out, <laughs> reach out to us about recommendation recommendations that we've given you too, and maybe the feedback from that, uh, be my guest because, uh, the more the merrier on that one too, because God knows that we've talked about a lot of different stuff here and we have a lot of different tastes and it would be nice to hear, um, one of us be called out for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to do over discussion about the junction. Let's talk about what we're doing next. And now Mr. Serling. 
All right. Uh, next episode is the last of the, the multi-segment episodes, right? Like we've talked about this. So it's going to be season two, episode 10, segment a joyride. Um, yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Um, spoilers. I've seen it. Uh, Terry, I, um, I'm going to call my shot right now. Um, I know there's going to be something in this segment that's going to annoy the piss out of you, but otherwise I think you're going to dig it. There's one thing I'm calling my shot. I'm calling my shot right now. Everybody can tell me I'm wrong when we get to the episode, but there's something in it. that's going to drive you nuts, but everything else is going to probably be, I mean, kind of up your alley. We'll get there when we get there. Is it, is it somebody on a CB radio calling out candy cane? <laughs> I'm looking for candy cane. Uh, no, uh, the segment <laughs> after that though involves a radio. So we'll get there also when we get there. Uh, so, so yeah, that's going to do it for us. We can everybody have a good week. Um, have a safe week. And in the meantime, I don't know. Um, just don't make angry eggs for people and watch where you're digging. How the hell you want your eggs?